Welcome to the Optimal Body Podcast. I'm Doc Jen. And I'm Dr. Dom. And we are doctors of physical therapy, bringing you the body tips and physical therapy pearls of wisdom to help you begin to understand your body, relieve your pains and restrictions, and answer your questions. Along with expert guests, our goal of the Optimal Body Podcast is really to help you discover what optimal means within your own body. Let's dive in. Before we hop in, remember that we are doing the full body mobility plan together starting in January. And this is meant to play alongside any other workout plan that you are committed to really going full force with in the new year. And I really wanted to focus on the mobility plan because so often we go into the gym, we go hard and we neglect this mobility aspect of things. And it doesn't have to take an hour a day. This is going to be anywhere from five minutes to 15 minutes a day. That's it. You can add it before a workout, right after a workout, or just midday. So this is something that's going to be really crucial to help you maintain good range of motion, make sure that you're not getting injured during your workouts, and ensure proper passive and active range within your body to really keep your muscles, joints, and nerves happy as you continue to strength gain and get strong. So please come join us in the full body mobility plan. We'll have it linked up below where you can explore, come into our membership, and really join with a community all moving together. Really excited to welcome this next guest onto the podcast, who's actually a great friend of both Jen and myself. Aaron Alexander, who is a pioneering manual therapist and movement coach with over two decades of professional experience, whose clients range from A-list Hollywood celebrities to professional athletes and everyone in between. Aaron has interviewed over 400 of the world's preeminent thought leaders on physical and psychological well-being on the top-rated Align podcast, bringing together a variety of diverse perspectives in optimizing health and performance. When he's not writing or speaking, Aaron can typically be found somewhere in the Pacific Ocean or floating down a river in Austin, Texas. And I just encourage everyone listening to this episode to really be open to the perspective that Aaron brings on how to continue to learn and become more curious about your body and your overall health. Aaron, so excited to finally have you on the podcast. I feel like you've been on our our list to get you in for an interview uh, for a while. And I just got to say a little bit of a little nostalgia of sorts for me before I even ever met Jen when I was kind of getting into my initial um, wellness journey and, and making the podcast rounds. Your Align podcast was one of the first ones I ever started listening to. And I'm like, oh man, this this Aaron guy, he's got all his stuff together. I got to gotta start listening to all of his tips and tricks. So um, I need to say thank you for kind of helping be one of my bridges into into the wellness space. <laughs> Hmm, thanks, man. And then you met me and all of your your <laughs> pedestalized dreams about me were all slashed, I'm sure. <laughs> I, well, I just, the, the normal person kind of sh- shone through a little bit more, but, but I still think you're doing a lot of things right. <laughs> That's good. Well, I appreciate both of you so much as well. I'm really, I really genuinely am honored to get to communicate with you guys because I know you, you really know your stuff. Um, so I appreciate it. It's, really, it's a real honor to be here. Thank you. It's been cool to see, like, you know, I've knowing you for years now. I, I mean, yeah. gosh, it's been a while. Um, it's been, been while. cool to just see you kind of transform through, you know, majority, I would say, tissue work and what you did on people and then kind yeah. of evolving into more of, you know, expanding your movement and seeing how you continue to explore that and learn from other people and then doing your book and, and continuing to expand your podcast and you know and for those who don't know the line method like that is Aaron <laughs> so I feel like you can look that up anywhere and you'll find his book his podcast is you know all all of his stuff um, which is amazing you've done so much to really help and I know that you're continuing to do more but can we talk about you know what got you interested in tissue work in the first place and um, you did what was, oh my gosh, why am I blanking Rolfing. on it? Rolfing, thank you. Yeah. Pregnancy yeah. brain, I'm just going to blame it on that. <laughs> no, it's fine. Yeah, I blame pregnancy brain all the time. <laughs> it's my, my go-to. Um, I So I think my background originally was just jacking myself up, which is I think very common with many people. 
um, coming largely feeling and still navigating this to this day. Like I'm just, I'm, I'm actually starting with a new therapist tomorrow. I'm very excited Ooh. about it. Mm. Um, and just feeling uh, very insecure, uh, feeling, I think, um, unworthy of love, uh, like, uh, like mm. unsure how to receive love, what that is, uh, whether I'd ever be able to be available for that. Uh, I think that has tied into like a lot of different childhood stuff. Uh, my way of compensating around that was through physical compensation. And so I put on as much muscle as I possibly could as quickly as I could. Um, and so I went from being like very lanky, skinny, buck tooth, horribly crooked teeth, bowl cut, mom cut it, very like crooked. Like, I don't know how you could be so crooked with a, with a bowl cut, but somehow, <laughs> you know, it happened like bless her heart. Um, and, uh, yeah, just, just that switch from that to like adding over 60 pounds of muscle as an adolescent in a matter of like a year. So obviously that was like supported by, by puberty. Um, and that led to a lot of imbalance that led to a lot of injuries, a lot of chronic pain, and then seeking out answers on how to, you know, find solutions for myself. And that translated into went to school for psychology went to school for massage therapy, went to school for rolfing, went to school for organ manipulation. And, you know, just the, like, like, how the hell do I crack this human condition? Yeah. So I was pretty borderline obsessive with understanding how to just like get out of pain, I think, and just like f- start to feel using very like rolfing structural integration massage therapy yin terms like feel more at home in my body mm. feel spacious in my body feel more comfortable in my body yeah it's just been like an ongoing process of peeling those layers back uh, and then along the way that's been a process i've been working with clients doing training since i was 16 that was like when i fir- got my first like nasm i think certification or ace or one of those started working at la fitness teaching people essentially how to like you know become as imbalanced as me Um, and you know we're we're just on we're all just on this journey together and that turned into doing the podcast or that like eight years ago then did the book like three years ago and then it's been just much more education for people on how to take care of themselves as opposed to being dependent on a practitioner practitioner to sort them out Mm -hmm. that's kind of where we're at presently no i i love that journey and kind of that arc that you took and I think many people would be in that same boat maybe in a different way where we start in our fitness or our movement or our journey in our body in one camp right and we learn so much about that and we think it's the way and the end all be all and in many ways that just kind of hammers us down into this hole where we might start developing imbalances in one way or another and I really like how you know and how you talked about your journey it brought you to like this much more well-rounded place where you learn that there's a lot of other things that you need to do to, to start to find that independence rather than becoming dependent on a practitioner or dependent on a certain person. So where would you say your mindset is now as far as how tissue work? I mean, you know, you, you were in the space of rolfing primarily, yeah. but I know you did a lot of other things, but how tissue work in general can play a part in somebody's, you know, health and wellness journey because you know that line kind of sticks with me not become dependent on somebody where i think Mm. many people who seek out these tissue treatments or working with a practitioner whether it be a pt a massage therapist of any sort or a chiropractor or something they start to become dependent on that service itself yeah i think much of what tissue work is or, or seeing a therapist or seeing just anyone that you're paying to care for you, especially when you're actually bringing in uh, a tactile experience and they're actually making contact with your body. I think a lot of it is just feeling like seen and heard and cared for and loved. Uh, so much of our world, I think, feels very lonely, statistically speaking, at least. You know, and if you actually like start to talk to people and have vulnerable conversations, we're like, yeah, man, I feel, you know, I feel alone. You know, and and that is not conducive for um, cellular, structural, physiological, mental, emotional well-being. Mm. You know, and so I, I think that a lot of tissue work is just a, a, an opportunity to be 
seen, heard, like loved and, and physically contacted. There's an interesting book that I have sitting beside me actually from a gal called Dr. Tiffany Field from University of Miami, I think is where she's from. She's done a ton of research around the impact of touch on our health. And one of the things that she did uh, included this in my, my book, this particular study, but she um, worked with babies in, that were preemies. Uh, and so they were in incubators. And typically, historically, it was like, cool, you don't want to like make too much contact. You want to make sure they like stay very sanitary. You don't want to get sick. Uh, and she started introducing touch with these, these babies. And I, I believe if I remember correctly, I think it was three rounds of 15, just 15 minutes of just like real subtle, soft massage three times a day. And what they found was the babies that were contacted in that like sweet, loving massage touch for a total of 45 minutes a day would actually grow 47% faster than mm. the children that didn't, and they would be, you know, released sooner. And it was just like their health just woof, like went through the roof. You see the same thing with with rat pups. Um, mm. If they if they're not contacted by their mother, they don't grow well. They just they just, they're they're like sickly. Uh, and then you could introduce different ways of petting, touching rat pups. The way they did, I think, was with paint brushes because uh, mm. it like mimicked the tongue of a rat. Uh, and then, like, sure enough, it it spikes their their growth. You know, so I think so much of what we're doing in medicine in general and manual therapy, all of that, is we're just exchanging care and like compassion for one another, and like again, being seen, heard, and actually physically touched. Um, so that's that's one I think unseen, unspoken about element. And then the other aspect uh, is actually the just strictly mechanical contact uh where you know we're being physically touched by our environment all day like when, as you're sitting down on your chair right now you're being physically imprinted and and touched by any part of your body that's in contact with the world around you as you guys already know that there's a term mechanotransduction which is a, a fancy word for essentially saying that your body has chemical response based upon the the physical stimuli that it, it gets exposed to. So every time that you get nudged in a way, you bump into someone, you roll a foam roller over your back or your hip or any of those things, uh, you're literally creating chemical stimuli all throughout your body through just this, this physical contact. You know, and so when a body is, I think much of our bodies are kind of almost like existing in a vacuum in a way in the modern world. And this please like Tell me to wind back if this is getting too like no, esoteric like and philosophical. Um, but we don't have enough global physical touch in our day-to-day lives. So you could say that from just like physical touch between people, but also just physical touch with our environment. You know, so if you're just sitting on a chair throughout your day and then you get into your sofa and then you get into your train, bus, automobile, whatever, it's pretty much the same basic contact points in the same basic generally collapsed position for a good chunk of a person's life when they're introduced to kindergarten or like first grade Mm. and throughout the day you just like your day abounds with opportunities for physical mechanotransduction or, or contact of all of the parts of your body it's just the environment that we live in isn't really conducive for it and so one of the things a person can do um like i'm doing right now is i'm i'm sitting on the ground as I'm having this conversation, um, I actually have like a whole like ground office kind of setup where I have a, a coffee table, I have a computer on there, um, I have the microphone attached to it, uh, I have a, a floor cushion for my bum, uh, my butt's raised up above the height of my knees, so that helps to stabilize the sacrum and the low back, and my, my shins are on the ground, the sides of my feet are on the ground, I'm taking my hips through a 90-90 position, a cross-legged position, a straddle position. Um, a person just laying on their back on the ground and actually getting on like, you know, more firmer ground every now and again. Uh, it's going to be really supportive for circulating lymphatic fluid, uh, for supporting the, the decongestion of all of your connective tissue, all of your joints, mm. um, allowing yourself to play. Like you guys are going to have a child soon. So you're going to, you already do all this stuff. But if you didn't, the child would probably introduce you 
into a lot of healthy practices. Mm-hmm. You play with your kid on the ground. If you introduce a dog into your life, you'll play with the dog on the ground. You'll go for more walks. And then there's so many things that it's just like our modern world is just exploding with low hanging fruit on how to heal these modern maladies. Uh, and we just kind of pass them by because I think many people are anticipating some big, expensive biohack, you know, or, or medication or something to like cure us. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's just so much low hanging fruit. And I think one of the biggest things is, is we're, we're a, a broadly an untouched culture, not just with each other, but also untouched from our environment. And the way that you reintroduce that healthy touch is by just being more like a kid, you know, or being more like, you know, hanging out with a dog or hanging out with a small child. Sitting on the floor like you're doing. I mean, I think that's so, you know, disengaged from our culture. It's always like, well, what's the best ergonomic setup and what's the best chair and right. what's the best stand-up desk, you know? And we're looking at all these things to, t- to try to fix us rather than, like you said, becoming a part of our environment and changing our perception, our, our response to it, or the way that we engage with it. And even, you know, it's interesting with our... <laughs> You know, Dom's already doing massage with the baby because <laughs> we kind of oh, know where his amazing. back is, and yeah, you can kind of map map the baby and yeah. find out where the wow. back is, and then so cool. Give them some. It was very interesting. Our midwife brought up um, a fetal stethoscope and yeah. had us listening to the heartbeat, and she said, "Okay, now, now, um, Dom. Dom, say some say some things to him, and you'll you'll hear his heart rate increase because." Jen's voice is kind of old news to the baby. That's like already <laughs> right. inna- innately imprinted on the baby. But he's like, when, when you start to, you know, touch the baby and talk to the baby, his heart rate will increase because it'll be like, oh, that's dad. That's, that's new. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, using the physical touch already and giving little mm-hmm. baby back massages at night have, have already been introduced, which is cool. The, the study that you brought yeah. up. That's, a, that's another interesting thing as, as well. You can, int- there's a lot of ways to touch and be touched. You're, you're touching your child with your hands but you're also obviously touching your child with your voice yeah yeah you know and so that's another thing it's like this concept of touch and the concept of movement is so much more interesting than what is you know we typically i think would see on instagram or like reading the muscle and fitness magazine or anything <laughs> right um you guys are familiar with stephen porges as well in the, the polyvagal theory yeah. um and he he in the, in that he talks about a person's voice prosody i think is the term that he uses like the the intonation and the tone of your voice and the way that we're continually tuning essentially you know to like simplify um each other's nervous system based on the the tone of our voice we're also Mm -hmm. in a sense reaffirming and tuning our own nervous systems based off of the tone of our voice and and the the pacing of of our language you know, so that's another just an interesting thing of like, oh, okay, cool. Like if I talk in a really kind of anxious, high pitch, fast rate or voice or tone or pro- voice prosody, um, I get anxious and everyone else gets around me gets anxious. Just like mm-hmm. if I was like slapping you in the back of the head really quick, like we're, <laughs> we're making that physical contact with the way that we communicate to each other. So there's a yeah. lot of ways to heal uh, the nervous system. Mm. One of those is physical contact. It's a huge, like massively long lever, like maybe one of the longest levers. Um, and I would, I would extend that physical contact into physical contact with, you know, nature, exposing your feet to very different contours on the ground, exposing your skin to sun uh, and wind and cold temperatures and all that. Like all of that is in that, that contact bucket. Uh, and then there's another contact, which is sound, you know, the sounds that you have in your environment, the way that you produce sound the you know the human voice is the the original instrument uh it's the oldest instrument uh the the oldest the oldest uh uh, what i read the oldest instrument found um archaeologically was was uh from forty three thousand years ago it was in slovenia and it was called the djebe bob flute or something it was Hmm. it's uh came from a cave bear in slovenia 40 odd 40 40 odd thousand years ago and so 40 odd thousand years ago there was some uh human human creature in a cave like full-on 
protecting themselves from being eaten by a you know woolly mammoth or whatever and they are they had some like intuitive uh hit to be like man i really just i need to make a flute <laughs> like there's something there's something some like carnal connection to music within us you know and so i, I think that that that's just another really beautiful form of low-hanging fruit that is incredibly healing and you notice that when you're talking to a child especially like a very young child um and it as well can be incredibly soothing and healing for your own nervous system so that's just another thing that i I think is interesting is like as you're talking to your child in there i'm sure you're you're noticing that the the tone of your voice i think that's huge i mean and and as we're talking about all these steps hopefully people are starting to like you know (laughs) capture these little nuggets to start to say, okay, how can I, and where can I add that into my life? But I think Mm -hmm. touch is interesting as well. Like it's easy to think of touching an infant or touching a baby, touching a child, but how to like, what do you recommend as we age? What is healthy touch, you know, to, to help with our nervous system and to help with healing. Is that always going to a practitioner? Is it once a week? Is it just touch from, you know, friends and family members? Like how, do we start to integrate healthy touch as an adult? Man, it, it's so depend. That's such an interesting question. I mean, it's, it's, it really depends on the culture you live in. I mm. think, um, I think normalizing touch again is probably one of the, the most supportive things that humanity can do at a cultural level. Um, and I think within that, perhaps one of the issues with touch is, is maybe like the over sexual sexualization yeah. of touch or of like the, our idea or our conception of touch. Cause I think we live in like a very ignorant, not ignorant, but like immature culture in a lot of ways. Um, it's, it's awkward to talk about, uh, death. It's awkward to talk about birth. You know, it's awkward to talk about like there's a lot of like sex. It's like, oh, it's like this weird. There's we don't talk. We don't think about that. It's just like, yep, babies just happen, you know, and then eventually you die. You know, we don't really if it happens like, oh, God, like, what do we do with this? Yeah. You know, and so I think within that, there's a lot of repression, I would imagine, in culture. Um, there's a lot of like childhood trauma with mm. with many people. That's that's. I think maybe we we don't really know how to address. Um, so I think perhaps the first solution to that would just be be leaning into vulnerable conversations with people, mm. leaning into feeling like like maybe you feel like alone and like a, like a kind of a, a a a way that's hard to to reach or touch, or maybe you have just moments where you kind of feel lonely throughout the day. Um, or maybe just just affirming with your partner or with your friends or whatever if you if you do give a hug you know or receive a hug or someone offers to rub your shoulder or something like that really leaning in be like man that feels really good like I love it when you do that just so you know like I really really appreciate that hmm. you know and I, so I think that probably the first thing would 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 probably be communication I would say would be the, one of the most supportive tools to induce like healthier contact. Um, and also for coming from the other end of, of communication of like, oh, I don't like that, mm-hmm. you know, and really feeling um, confident and safe enough to, to speak your, your mind, you know, and speak your heart um, and not feel like you'll be, you know, ridiculed or judged or anything of the sort. But I think that would probably be the, the, the probably one of the biggest things is if a person feels more safe to communicate and to express typically that will translate to healthier expression and health is an old english word that translates to whole it's pronounced like like help it's like h e a l p or something um you know so i think that's more like whole um relationship with your community with your family and that typically translates to things that that you know make people healthier and one of the big ones is is touch i would probably say communication would be the most important thing yeah, it's good. I think that's so interesting. And I, I love how you answer these questions, you know, about tissue work specifically that we've been talking about a little bit more, but, you know, also how even just how you talk to people can can really resonate differently with, with our nervous system and kind of set <laughs> set something up differently in our brains. And um, it kind of reminds me of or, or wants, wants me to go to your, your branding align mm. align method mm. 
and what people might initially think when they think of align or alignment. I mean, I think people might think of something having to do with posture or being upright or having everything aligned in your body physically. But where a lot of your answers have been going, it's been including a lot of things emotionally, spiritually, you know, with your community, making sure that you're feeling safe and in good communication with those around you. And so, can you explain a little bit what even the branding of your business, your book, your podcast means when when the concept of align or align method, alignment comes up? Yeah, there's a quote. There's a, So, uh, the osteopathy is another thing I know you guys are quite familiar with. Uh, Andrew Taylor Still is the founder of osteopathy. There's a quote I actually wrote down earlier. I'm sitting here. Uh, it says there's actually paraphrase the way that I wrote it down. So we'll see how this comes out. But they said there's no difference between structure and function. Mm. Uh, if structure doesn't tell us something about function, we're not looking at it correctly. And so that's that's like a lot of my present perspectives are borrowed from people that thought like that, such as Andrew Still. Um, you know, and so the idea of and I think a lot of it again comes from me just having aches pains you know problems in my own body and not it not getting solved by i bet you guys have had this experience too um going to people that are like the guru you know and like (laughs) aha like you are the best like i found the best i'm learning from the best i paid for a session from the best you still didn't fix my shit yeah. yeah, you know, and like, like oh, it's like okay, there's this been this back thing. I went to all like oh, the best and the best and the best. Oh, okay, this modality. Okay, this dogma. Okay, this ideology. And like okay, this is the one. They're so confident that this is the one. And um, I've I've had I've like gotten pieces from all of the ones, but there hasn't been a one that's whether it's like a more of a somatic like psychosomatic thing, whether it's more manual thing, whether it's more exercise thing, that's really just like suddenly put all of my pieces together so what i've i've gotten and that's i've, I've been like kind of like a connoisseur of sorts like I, I, you know i did the i've done almost i think probably 450 conversations on my my podcast with all people that i you know for the most part generally look up to or some you know have looked up to for decades or you know a while in some cases yeah. and you know in in that it's like okay cool like everyone's got something you know but no one modality or ideology or perspective has it all based on my experience um you know and so i think that that's that's kind of in, in a way like um caused me to lean away from a, an overly um absolute dogmatic perspective of like okay like alignment means centration of your joints you know and perfect <laughs> balanced tensegrity within the body and it is a physical musculoskeletal condition you know and like that's like <laughs> yeah. okay sh- sure great but what happens when suddenly you f- that that perfectly balanced body loses their their parent you know or lo- like becomes sick or someone close to them becomes sick or whatever suddenly that perfect balanced body probably will go through these postural ex- expressions of of grief and sadness and fear and fear looks like well, there's a there's a physical postural translation of fear you know you'll you might see the the traps start to raise up and the scaling muscle muscles engage you might see the breath start to move up into the upper lobes of the lungs up in the chest you know you might see maybe some contraction in the in the hands you might see contraction around the the, the jaw it's like wow like how freaking interesting mm-hmm. like it's so unbelievably interesting when you start to make that connection it's like okay that's that's not just like a jaw exercise that's a it's a it's a a biopsychosocial manifestation into your into your your jawbone like it's like it's so amazing yeah. <laughs> um and so i think it's probably just a product of um trying to pay attention for uh, to all as many of the of like the modalities i found to be interesting for the last 20 years and not finding any one that really fully knocked my socks off of like aha this is the one but taking bits and pieces from you know you know pretty much all of them 
um, to now being in a place where, you know, I'm just, I just, I, I, I know how, how little I know. I know how big the human experience is and how just magical and amazing it is. And I'm just like humbled to, to get to explore it. And I think that the most interesting question that I could possibly lean into is, is the relationship of the mind and the body. And I think the reason that I lean into that, I think, is because it's like, it's like, the, it's like the hardest, most interesting question. Mm. Whereas yeah. figuring out something that's like very, like, mere, like purely physical isn't, it is interesting, but it's also not. It's kind of like cool problem solved. Like that's, that, that joint angle is going to express the greatest amount of leverage, like period, done, finished, complete. Whereas when you get into kind of more of like the, the psychosomatic, mental, emotional aspects and like the environmental um, and how those are affecting the way that we move, I just think it's just a more interesting thing to, to explore. What do, what do you guys think about that? I 100% agree. Yeah. I mean, I think people are sometimes might be disappointed coming to see me. And I'm like, I'm not here to fix all your stuff. I'm here to explore with you. I'm here to see yeah. what what can we what can we learn together because I'm not I'm not the person. I'm not, you know, what you've made up to be in your mind of someone who knows all. I'm still learning myself. And if I have a person in front of me, that's a different story that I'm having mm-hmm. to learn from, you know, from whatever. It doesn't matter how much schooling you've been to and how much you know about the physical body, there's always a person in front of you who's going to present yeah. something a little bit differently. And I mm-hmm. love that you kind of you you look at all these different aspects and you combine them, you know, and say what could work best, <laughs> but but still open to continuing to learn. And I think that that's that's my hope for all practitioners, for all people, is that there's no one person who's going to come, you know, magically fix us. There there could be people along the journey who open our mind and open our eyes, open our bodies to see something. But I think you know, continuing to be open that things are going to change and shift and not everyone has the answers and that's okay. Yeah. I, yeah. It's funny. I was just talking with Jen the other day. We were driving home from an appointment and yeah. I said something just like, you know, if I went back to an orthopedic physical therapy clinic right yeah. now and like tried to start working in orthopedics, which is, you know, more of the physical body and looking at the joints and and what do we need to fix to make things feel better? Like, I'd be, I'd be awful <laughs> as, as far as like fr- from the perspective of an orthopedic physical therapist, just because that was the thing that turned me off the most as I was going through PT school. Everyone started asking like, what are you going to specialize in? What are you going to specialize in? And I think we just live in the society that is like hyper-focused on what specialty and what little specific thing you are going to be the expert in and be able to work on. But the more and more people that I worked with, kind of like you're talking about, I started realizing that it it is so specific to that individual person that research crumbles in front of you really quickly when you start working with someone's individual story and the things that are very specific and personal to them. And I think human nature just wants to grab onto something with a sexy name that is very <laughs> simple and, and seems like it has a, a three-step process to, to fixing everything. And, and that's where these human gurus say like, oh, my process is, is named this and it's really sexy because it's very easy to do. And But we're missing so many components in a lot of those those named techniques and those named theories that, that people have created because they're essentially trying to package a portion of our human physiology and experience and say, here's how we can start to address this. But mm-hmm. not one of those single packages includes and encompasses everything because... I think that would be impossible, really. <laughs> so how yeah. do you approach, like, because I know you do have, you know, your, I mean, you have the line method, you have, you know, your book, which is, it dives into a lot of different areas. Again, not just <laughs> what people might think of as posture, but you also have a program coming out. What yeah. do you represent, you know, for people to help understand this, these practices that you've developed over time? Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, if you look at the, the, the book or like the program or that it's, it's all exercises, like everything that I, I, I teach as far as if it's a two minute video, that's an instructional video it is exclusively exercise based. And there might be some little, you know, nuggets of, of humor, you know, or, or, <laughs> or whatever pseudo philosophy or something that gets tossed in. 
but it's all instructional. Here's what you got to do. Here's, you know, the things, the, the key cues to pay attention to. Um, and, you know, I try to make it as concise as, as possible. Uh, and the book is just like, I'm not trying to pitch the book. I'm more just saying it's like how, do, how I approach education in general. It's like, it's every page is actionable. The, the intention with, with writing the book was for you to be able to sit on a toilet, ideally with like a squatty potty or something like that, because when you're, you're, you go into a squatted position, you actually elongate the rectum. So you'll have a, a better poop. Um, you know, so if you can sit on the toilet, and it, uh, if you're sitting on the toilet in that manner, you'll probably have like a four second poop. So you won't have time to read the book, but <laughs> hypothetically, <laughs> traditionally speaking, if you're sitting on a toilet, you'd be able to open up any page and immediately get actionable information to create change in your life. I think oftentimes conversations like this, I can notice it myself, um, can get a little bit like intellectually wanky. Um, not with you guys at all, but with more like with me, where it's kind of like we can be talking about all these nebulous metaphysical things, but it's like, okay, like I have a friend that he says, does it, does it grow corn? Is his like, his like motto is like amazing. Does it grow corn? Like, does this actually create change in my life now? Mm. Um, you know, and so within that, my approach to teaching is very like, does it grow corn? Yes or no? Uh, my approach to like in this, where we're kind of taking up, you know, pulling up the hood. And be like, what's going on here? It's like, man, I don't know. <laughs> like, there's a lot. <laughs> but from a teaching perspective, then it, it becomes much more, you know, instructional. Um, and so I can talk about the program stuff. But, but, but one of the things that I just want to say that I think is so interesting and, and really like hit me as you were talking, both of you actually, um, is that is a, a massive revelation, I think, to come to a point of realizing no one is going to save you. Mm-hmm. Like, like like it's you right now you don't need to wait it's you right now and your process of reaching out to people and reading books and videos and all that stuff is you Mm -hmm. it's not the person it's you that brings you to the person it's you that brings you to the program it's you that brings you to the book it was always you and i think that that's that kind of perpetual like sensation of of deficit you know, or, or maybe like subconscious victimhood of like, okay, like I am small, weak, confused, and I will find someone, my guru to like, to teach me. I personally, I know that some people have had that experience and I, I hope to have that experience, but I personally haven't had that experience where like the person that I was waiting to finally meet and connect with and like heal my body or whatever, suddenly just like snapped their finger and did it for me. The, the awareness that I have is like, oh, like okay, like through my education, through my learning, through my experiences and exposure, I am the one that makes the difference. Mm. I am the one that creates the change. And if I find someone that is hosting some type of like kind of cultish dogma type vibe where it's like, okay, like we have all the answers. Everyone else is stupid. You know, (laughs) we are the ones, we're the only, this is the only solution. This is the only path. (laughs) I would be very suspicious. Yeah. And if, but if someone is coming from a place of like, how do we empower you? Like, I don't like, like we're here to teach you, which I, I know that both of you guys really strongly come from that, that, that perspective, which I, you know, I think is great. Um, I think that's really the most important thing. And, and the, the sooner that a person listening to this, if you have some type of thing in your body, um, re- you know, reach out, you know, find a practitioner, uh, maybe get a, a program or book and all the things. But also come into the awareness that like you have the power to begin healing that right in this moment. It's not something that needs to be waited for. Mm. Um, And the process of you reaching out to the person and driving there and all that stuff, like that's just a part of the journey. But the journey is is right now, (laughs) right now, like the way that your breath is the journey, Like You're in the healing process right now. Yeah, I can talk about the, the program if you want. Yeah, I mean, it, it's so up I, to you. Yeah, yeah, I mean, after talking about how there is no one program and no, 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 I'm kidding. I, I honestly got chills when you were saying that and when you, you said something just like, it's always been you. Like, it is always you. I mean, that just gives me chills because I, I do think that that's the message that a lot of people are waiting to break through for them. And, and I think... Yeah kind of like in your own story, I think a lot of people throughout the years or decades of searching or feeling like they have been made, you know, relatively helpless in that journey, you build up a lot of armor to that message um, mm-hmm. that, that prevents it from breaking through, that will keep you on the journey of 
searching for the one thing or the one person that is going to fix it all to fix it all uh, like yeah. you said snap the fingers and fix it and uh, again like you you say your videos are very instructional and very movement based but based on a lot of the things that we've talked about i i and and knowing your content and being familiar with some of the stuff you put out i i think you do it in a way that delivers a lot of those other healing you know messages to people through the way that you teach mm. the way that you use your voice the the included messages um that you have however craftfully mm. you slip them into those instructional videos i would i would argue that it's not just movement based and i think that the way that you cool. deliver that instructional movement content goes goes far beyond that so i don't want Thanks, you to man. sell sell yourself short in that realm but yeah if you want to explain a little bit more about the program i know you have an initial cohort that's going to be going through it together um coming yeah. up here soon yeah yeah, thanks so much for for you know, asking. Um, yeah, so the, the program, I'm like obscenely excited about it. We've been working on it for the last year. It's like the the, the digital version of, of the book in some ways, but with much more actual training involved. Um, and essentially it takes a person through the, the journey of transitioning from like the standard Globo gym, bench <laughs> press, row, bicep curl, military press, you know, leg extension, hamstring curl, traditional stuff which is i think there's absolutely value for that um but it takes a person from that point to being able to what i say is like moving like a human so understanding mm -hmm. how to uh, walk and run and throw and you know move more gracefully when a person and, and you guys are familiar with this as well when they get overly isolated with the parts they start to move kind of chunky um and it's not really the most sustainable approach and i don't think it's the most conducive for longevity uh, and it's not the most conducive for adaptability for sure and like athleticism so the first two-thirds of it goes through assesses the body makes sure that we have full functional range of motion of all of the major joints in the body if we don't we teach you how to recover that and then in the fifth week we go through uh, teaching a person how to regulate their nervous system using breath and vision um, which that's like super interesting how we can use our way that we use our eyes and our breathing uh, to change in real time uh, our, our, our physiological expression or our hormones, our heart rate, all of that, uh, blood pressure. And then the last week is about environment. You know, how do you align your environment so that that way your existence in your day-to-day -day life makes you, is conducive for longevity and flexibility and tissue hydration and decongestion and all of those things that are so important and so that's that's the what the program is the first week's completely free um and if people are interested in checking that out and starting the first week we'll be like i said i'll be going through and actually feeling questions and going through the program with people in this first run um so that is at alignpodcast.com slash amp amp stands for align method program um, and I'm like massively excited about that. So the first week's totally free. If people just do that, they will get a free movement assessment. They'll um, see the what I would consider to be fundamental mobility techniques that I think every person ought to understand. Uh, and then they also go through a thing called a sit rise test, which is a strong predictor for all cause mortality and other stuff. So that's the program. I'm really excited about. It. I appreciate you guys letting me share about it. Yeah, that's really exciting. I think like. This is the fundamentals that can help someone continue to tune into their body and make little adjustments throughout life. Like if you learn kind of some of these fundamental movement patterns, fundamental assessments, fundamental understanding of your breath and your vision to tune to your nervous system and your environment, you start to be able, these are tools that you can use for life. Is it going to be yeah. everything? Who knows? But it's going to be something that you can learn for your body to continue along this journey. And that's what this is all about, is continuing yeah. to learn how you can impact your, your body through life. It's a lifetime well, the, journey. The, the strange, the strange thing, and this is again same thing that, that both of you guys do such a great job at. But the strange thing is that people don't get an education on how to drive their freaking bodies. Yeah, like it's it's unbelievable. Like you have to be like elite master level student of the body to be to make it to being thirty years old and actually start to grasp this thing. And yeah. it's like, it shouldn't be that way. Right. 
Yeah. It should be like as soon as you're as soon as you're starting with a, a child, I think. But it, I mean, ultimately, it comes from the level of, of embodiment of the parents and of the teachers and like the, the, the culture. But what a cool world that would be where a child is exposed to nature with regularity and sunlight and has good sleeping rhythms and, you know, f- well-sourced food. Uh, and love and connection with their with their parents and like unconditional love, uh, acceptance of the whole gamut of emotions, no judgment of any of the emotions, like feeling totally safe, and then education of like here's how you cultivate the greatest amount of leverage out of your hips. We probably wouldn't say it like that. <laughs> We'd probably just you know kind of show them, you know, or might might go through some exercises or you know maybe just spend more time outside doing like outside stuff. Yeah, like or here's how you get down and. And pick the weeds in the garden. You know, like pick the weeds in the garden. Yeah. Go wrestle. Go freaking wrestle. Like you gotta learn that relationship with your peers of like, oh, I pushed too much, or like, oh, I didn't push quite enough. You know, or oh, I'm I'm tumbling through a you know, a pile of leaves. Like all of that stuff is the most invaluable education, I think. Yeah. You know, and and instead of that, we've kind of uh replaced that with learning about like math and and history, which Nothing against math and history. I think it's great, but I think those are electives. And I think that yeah. I think that that the 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 primary education is: Do you understand nervous system regulation? Like, if you're feeling anxious, if you're feeling depressed, if you're feeling any of these these ways that, statistically speaking, is just gradually rising, you know, at, at like record paces every year, mm-hmm. especially since the lockdown stuff and COVID and all that. Um, like that that's the foundation. I think. And if you, and then from there and, and how to move and, you know, the, the millions and billions of dollars each year that's spent on orthopedic issues um, and anxiety issues and depression issues and like all of the different things and obesity and diabetes and all of this stuff. It's like, if that's not the foundation, I don't, I don't know what possibly could be, but it's in, in the culture that we're bred in, like it's, it's presently not really the foundation. So I think it's, it's on parents. Um, and anyone that has influence, which is everyone, to take that, you know, it, like earnestly o- o- upon themselves and be like, you know what, like I'm gonna do better. Yeah. You know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna figure out what. Wow, like breathing is a powerful tool. Okay, I want to learn about that. Oh wow, the way that I use my my visual muscles can regulate my nervous system in real time. Like, whoa, interesting. Well, I could be, I could move through. I could be that like. Um, what's the what's the uh qigong guy that's like a hundred years old yeah just moving like silk through the park you know yeah. and just like i could be that guy you know, like every day could be an opportunity to to move and think and feel a little bit better mm-hmm. you know as opposed to the idea that oh i get to be 40 and this means this i get to be 50 and this means this i get to be 60 and this means this and not having an aversion to age but actually embracing it say oh no like Bro, you've had 70 years to cultivate this this piece of art. Like, whoa, like like that's amazing. Instead of the concept that, oh, it just, you know, you're hot when you're 30 and then it just starts to fall apart. It's like, <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> we gotta let that go. <laughs> I know. And and it's just it, it's so sad to me that it seems like the more and more in this modern developed society that we call it where we continue to move away from those things being the norm and the kid who is constantly outside or learning all these things or has parents that are teaching them about this mastery of the body like that's almost the weird thing these days mm-hmm. and they're yeah, almost and ma- ma- mastery of the body is just relationship with the body yeah and you know it's just it's an ongoing process of of being intrigued by you know all the things that you can do yeah you know i don't i don't know there's ever going to be a a place you know like jen's pretty pretty dope at movement i don't think she would consider herself to be like i master oh no that's such a wild thing like whoa a master (laughs) i have mastered but it's more just being like like realizing like how interesting this thing is yeah and if, if a person starts to have some baseline education you know it's like if you look up into the into the sky and you just see a bunch of like you know, little polka dots in the cloud or, you know, in the sky, it's like stars. And that's the extent of your awareness of astronomy and all of that. You'd be like, cool, whatever. Like, no big deal. I'm not going to look up too much. 
But if you learn a little bit about gravity and black holes and you know solar flares and all this stuff, you look up and you have a different experience with it. Like that is the body. Yeah. At the more you invest into your experience, the more interesting and fulfilling it becomes. It's, it's like very cool. I agree. And I hope people just continue to be curious, right? And be open to to continue that exploration without any expectation, without the, I better be fixed or else I better get this or else, right? Just the experience of being open to exploring and learning what's possible. I think that that's amazing. And, and you're bringing that with now your, your six week program. So we'll have that linked up below. We'll have your podcast linked up as well, because ton of episodes that people can continue to learn and explore from and just hear from different people. Like you've had some pretty incredible people on your podcast as well. And you've done, I mean, like you said, eight years, that's just amazing. So, you know, everything that you do, Aaron, you're continuing to learn, you're continuing to explore yourself and, and you've been that example through the years. So I just appreciate the work that you've done. Well, thanks. I literally feel like, like, a little weepy. I used to say that was very sweet. So much alignment there. See what I did with Aaron in the way that he views movement and healing and the power of exploration. That's what this podcast is really all about. So hopefully you enjoyed this episode and you'll share it out with other people who you think need to hear this message. You know, there's no one way for anything. That's what the optimal body is, right? Finding your own optimal through continued exploration, continued learning. It's a lifelong journey. So hopefully you check out what he has and you hop into the full body mobility plan that we also have available on Gen Health. We're all moving together starting January 1st. It's just a great way to add in that daily mobility. It's not going to take more than 5 to 15 minutes. So we're going to have everything linked up in the show notes below. Be sure to check it out.